man. Good morning. I feel like we need to like do some calisthenics or something. Have you been sitting too long? No, you're okay? Buns are still awake? Okay. If they fall asleep, let me know. <laughs> you know, the words that were given today, um, you know, God's always doing something, right? And uh, I'm really excited because I see that he's taking us on a journey today. Um, I am a big picture person. What I mean is I need to know the overarching view or the vision, big picture to understand the details. Anyone else? Big picture people? Anyone? My people. My people. So I was the kid in math class, Mr. Leisman, my poor math teacher. Um, I was the kid. What is this for? What is this formula for? Like, what is it? I don't get it. And I remember one day he, like, put his hand down on the desk and he said, it's so you can shoot cannons and hit a target. And, I was like, and he thought he was going to make me mad. And I was like, thank you. Because now the formula makes sense to my mind. Anyone else? Were you that kid in math class? Right. Um, I think the stupidest thing on the planet is cookbooks without pictures. Anyone else? You're like, I need to know where we're headed. Because how can you know if you got it right if you... Right? Yeah. Thank you. It is right, isn't it? I'm absolutely right in this. Also, uh, we were handed a puzzle in a Ziploc bag, a 2,000-piece puzzle. No master image. I gave it to Goodwill. Uh, <laughs> you know, when you put your uh, address into the GPS, I look to the very end point first, and I work my way back. Anyone else? It's tricky to do, because you have to, like, zoom, and, like, and the, the thing is saying, recalibrating, because recal you're, like, making it look at something that it doesn't want to look at. But I need to know where I'm headed, so all the other things make sense. Uh, my kids will tell you that <laughs> a couple of weeks ago we had to go to a specific area in Renton that I've never been to before, and we ended up on Mercer Island. <laughs> because I didn't look where we were headed. So I'm telling you, it's a real thing for me. Okay? Uh, and here's the worst one, and I know I'm going to lose some of you here, but I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, if I'm reading a book, and the plot is frustrating me, yes, I will. I don't care. I don't care. Come on. <laughs> Sister, we know we're sisters. I will read the final page. Also, I don't read books that are sad. So I have to know if it's going to be sad at the end. And if it is, I just put that book down. I walk away. <laughs> so if any of you guys know my husband, Josh, he is precise on details. He loves uh, baking cinnamon rolls because... There's a double rising process. Am I saying that right, honey? Double rising? You know what I do for cinnamon rolls? Drive to Safeway, buy the can, pop, stick it in the oven. <laughs> Is there Josh loves the details. He loves those precise things. If he loves recipe books without pictures. He doesn't need pictures. Why would you need a picture? And I'm like, so you know what you're doing. And he's like, well, the details tell me what I'm doing. 
I can see there's meaning in those details. Quite opposite, he and I. It's just as well we like each other, isn't it, Ben? You know, we've been talking about the um, simple obedience. Kurt said it a few times this morning. And simple obedience means God says for you to do something and you do it without knowing the details, without having a big picture, you just obey. In my heart of hearts, I am not okay with that. (laughs) And I feel like in our humanness, that is really difficult. Anyone else feel that way? You feel like, well, God told me something and I have no idea what to do with it. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't see where it's going. I have no context. I'm not going to look like a fool, so I'm just not going to do it. Anyone else, have you ever felt that way? Well, sometimes God doesn't let us in on the details. Anyone experienced that? Sometimes we are out of the loop. And I'm just wondering why. Like, I want to know what his reason is. So, you know, we're going through uh, Luke in our Empowered series, and we've been in Luke 9 for a few weeks now, and we're going to sit for just one more week in Luke 9, because there's a passage that has really got some speed bumps for me. Um, I want to know why God wouldn't want us to know what's going on. Like, what is the advantage in that? What do you think? Ready to dig in with me? All right. I think we have Rick praying today. Is that right? Thanks, Rick. Kurt didn't give me a big introduction, but I could give you one. This is Rick. He's fantastic. You should get to know him. However, I'm convinced that anybody who gets introduced in this uh, auditorium is fantastic. We see people with God's eyes. Yeah. So thank you, Lord, for your love for us, and thank you that you speak to us. And we just open our hearts to hearing what you have to say to us today. And may we have eyes to see and ears to hear. Yes, Lord. And Father, I also uh, lift up uh, Opal House, the mission in uh, Agua Escandida, Guatemala. And I thank you for uh, Will and Diane Vogel, who have given up their comfortable life here in the uh, Northwest to go down there and to minister to the people of Agua Escondida, to the children, uh, to the people of the surrounding area, and just to love on them and to love you. Thank you for what they're doing there. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Rick. All right, grab your Bibles. Luke 9. Thank you. (laughs) Ready for some speed bumps? Yep. All right. While everyone was marveling at everything he was doing, Jesus said to his disciples, listen to me and remember what I say. Let these words sink into your ears. The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of his enemies but they didn't know what he meant. And 
its significance was concealed from them, so they couldn't perceive it. And they were afraid to ask him about it. So, the story just moves on from here. That's it. That's what we get. Next thing, they're saying who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. Okay? Jesus doesn't usually let this happen. Jesus usually is like, hey guys, I know what you're thinking, and you're wrong, usually is what he says. <laughs> but here he just lets it fly. They were afraid. They didn't ask. And there's so many layers in here. They didn't understand it, and God concealed it, and there's all these ands. And, and I think in the past, I've just read this passage and been like, I don't really get it, so I'm just going to move on. <laughs> but they didn't get it, and I don't get why they didn't get it, so I don't want to move on today. I want to ask why, because I don't want to be like the disciples in this moment. They were afraid, and they didn't want to ask. And I don't want that kind of relationship with God. I don't want to hit up, with thing, hit up against things and think, I don't get this, so I'm going to walk away. Or I'm going to put it on the shelf, I'm going to keep it at arm's length, and I'm just not even going to worry about it. I'm going to disengage. I'm afraid. I'm not even going to ask God. I don't want to look stupid. I don't get what's going on. I don't want to be like that. And I think I am. How are you? Do you feel that way? You're like, I just, man, I'm so like the disciples, and I, I just don't want to be that way. Um, why would Jesus say something knowing his disciples wouldn't understand? What would, what would the motive be? Because, you know, there's that kind of a guy that jerk guy that's at a party who likes to tell sophisticated jokes and only a few people in the room get it and it makes everyone else seem stupid. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I know stuff and I'm cool and I told the joke. You know, do you know that guy that I'm talking about? That jerk kind of a guy? Is that what's going on here? He's like elitist and exclusive and I'm going to say something and make everyone realize how stupid they are. Is that the heart of God? No? What other kind of guy says this kind of stuff? I don't actually know any other kind of person that says stuff knowing it won't be understood. I don't know, can you think of any? <laughs> I've been racking my brain. What kind of a guy does this? My concern is that God designed us to know him. Right? We're designed to know him. Pascal describes it as a, a God-shaped hole, like a vacuum, a void that draws us to God, to know him. Why then would God have a situation where we don't know him? <laughs> it seems counter to his whole plan. Shouldn't we always just understand God? Like I understand not saved, and we're dead to him, and we have a veil, and we don't understand. But saved, rejuvenated. You know, we've, we have a deposit of God's spirit in our hearts, Shouldn't we just get him? This is a big speed bump for me. What's happening in this passage um, beforehand is miracles, like grand miracles. And everyone was in awe watching his miracles. And Jesus knows that they're expecting 
him to be a certain kind of king, a triumphant king, you know? They're expecting that he will be a glorious, like, defeater who, like, takes the throne and and Jesus needs them to know that that's not going to happen. But they're not going to get it until it happens. So he's saying to them, you guys, and we see this over and over in the passages surrounding this as well. This is not the only time he does it. I'm going to die, guys. <laughs> I'm, I'm being put into the hands of my enemies. I know you don't understand it now, but you will. You'll remember. Listen and remember. Let it soak into your ears. One day you'll remember I said this, and it's going to be a comfort to you. God tells us stuff that we don't understand because one day we will understand and it will be a comfort. That makes sense, doesn't it? Anyone experience that? God's told you something or you've sensed something and in the future it happens and you're like, oh, prophetic comfort. He says something that we don't understand today because one day we will. Oh, that's great. I get that, right? Good. problem is the disciples had that prophetic comfort already. They had the Old Testament prophecies that said the Messiah would suffer and die. But they didn't get it. So I understand this is prophetic comfort on top of prophetic comfort. These guys should have known that the Old Testament was pointing to him, shouldn't they? What's funny is, oh yeah, this is what he says to us. I skipped a slide. I've told you these things before they happen so that when they do happen, you will believe. So we know this is one of the methods God uses. Luke 24, this is after his death and resurrection, okay? Then he said, when I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. We can't even get the prophetic comfort, until he enables our brains to get it. So even though he spelled it out to them in the Old Testament, we need God's spirit for us to even get it. So even though we're in relationship with God, we need his presence every day to open the scriptures so we get it. Isn't that interesting? Sometimes you might sit down at the word and read and go, I just don't get it. Close it, walk away. What if you dwelled there for a second and said, God, I need you to open my mind. My brain doesn't get it. Open my mind. Because he explains it, and they get it. They totally get it. And this is the passage where he says, wait, I'm sending the Spirit. Just wait until I send him, and it's going to empower you. So this is like his last words to them. His last moments with them, he opens their minds to understand scriptures. I feel like that's a little late in the game. I feel like his first day, he should have done that. Sometimes God wants us to walk through things before he explains what's going on. I mean, I don't blame them. Uh, kings who die are no longer kings. <laughs> so even if a prophecy said he's going to die, I wouldn't even believe it. Would you? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Kings who live become kings. Kings who die become dead kings, right? 
It just seems impossible. So, <laughs> did you see the Super Bowl? I'm talking about the ads. I'm talking about the. <laughs> Moving on. This was, you know, some of the ads were a little off color this year, weren't they? I had to explain some to my kids. That one of the kid that I will never fly. I will never. Did you see that one? That's awkward to have children watch that, right? Because <laughs> I'm dead. You missed. You missed no really great ones except this one. I love this one. Uh oh. Guys, you're going to have to click it for me. Back now at 56 pass, I wasn't prepared to translate that. That's that right. little mark with the A and then the ring around it? At? See, that's what I said. Um, Katie said she thought it was about. Yeah. But I'd never heard or it. I'd never heard it said. About. I'd always around. seen the mark. There it is. <laughs> at amfeedback.com. I mean, when what is internet anyway? What do you write to it like mail? There's Allison. Can you explain what internet is? See, that's what I said. What do you mean there's nothing under the hood? Katie said she thought this was a car. Yeah. And it's built using wind? Like from a windmill? Or a fan? Or a turbine? Or a fan vine? Wow. I mean, what is I3 anyway? Allison, can you explain what I3 is? The all-electric BMW i3, built in a wind-powered factory with the strength of carbon fiber and BMW performance. <laughs> Isn't that great? Also, Josh and I were laughing at the drop shadow design of this. Any designers in the house? Is this not hilarious? Oh, it cracks me up. Anyway, also the at symbol, it's like a first generation attempt at an at symbol. I love that. And didn't, did you hear him read it? He didn't even say dot com. He just said com. He's like, I don't even know how to translate that. What is internet anyway? It's just so cute. When you look back, they didn't, their minds were blown. They had no idea what this was. And I remember this. I was at college at the time. I remember when the internet was born. Anyone else? Yeah. And it took a little while for our brains to catch up, right? Now my kids are like, my four-year-old can operate all kinds of stuff. It's just normal to him. The kingdom of God is futuristic. The kingdom of God is stuff we've never seen before. The kingdom of God is uh, difficult for us to describe with words that we have right now. We don't have the symbols to explain it. We don't really know how to express it. We belong to a kingdom that is prophetic and huge. It's okay if we don't understand everything. In fact, we're so little, I feel like if we even had just like a glimpse of everything that God is, that we would have a heart attack. I think our brains would melt in our skulls. Because God is so big, we can't comprehend him. We can't contain him. You know, there's people that... Um, are in futuristics. They work for companies that are designing technologies that we will see in 30 years. What? That's crazy. They're working in paradigms that don't exist yet. They're projecting into nothing and making something. Doesn't that sound like the Lord? This is his business. So if we don't have the words or understanding about what he's doing today, 
we're pretty normal, I would say. <laughs> what is internet anyway? It's so cute. <laughs> it's like this. When I determined to load up on wisdom and examine everything taking place on earth, I realized that if you keep your eyes open day and night without even blinking, you'll still never figure out the meaning of what God is doing on this earth. Search as hard as you like. You're not going to make sense of it. No matter how smart you are, you won't get to the bottom of it. Here's the cool thing. I don't have to understand it, and God's still willing to let me be part of it. Man, that's thrilling. Absolutely thrilling. When God came to Noah and said, there's going to be a flood. I want you to build a boat. And Noah said, and, and the word says, and he obeyed everything God said. Do you know how miraculous that is? It had never rained on earth. There had never been a flood. Flood? What is flood anyway? Like, <laughs> man, that guy. Also, do you know that God locked him in seven days before it started to rain? Those seven days must have just been crazy town, you know? <laughs> what is rain? What is flood? I don't know. Let's just sit and wait. I felt like that, where God has said something and I've had no idea, and then I've had this awkward waiting time. <laughs> like, man, I hope he was right, or I hope I got it. I feel like an idiot. <laughs> Futuristics. Like we don't even know. Um, I love this. Hebrews 11. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about things that had never happened before. This is what a prophetic kingdom looks like. <laughs> and I love this description of God. God calls into being that which does not exist. That's our God. Um, also, John is one of my heroes because he wrote Revelation and it's a bit nuts. Isn't it? The end time prophecies are a little bit crazy, don't you think? And uh, this is one of my favorite, Revelation 9-7. Can I just read it to you? In appearance, the locusts were like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were what looked like crowns of gold, their faces like human faces, their hair like women's hair, and their teeth like lion's teeth. They had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the noise of their wings was like the noise of many chariots with horses rushing into battle. <laughs> I mean, he's looking at, God is revealing, showing him something, and he's looking at it, and he's like, uh, 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 sounds like a horse, it, uh, this, it's a locust, it has a face. I mean, can't you just sense he's describing something there that he literally doesn't have the words? It's like his mouth can't keep up with the image he's seeing. I felt that way sometimes. God's shown me something and I've been like, ah, uh, and you try and get, you try and wrap your mind around it and you try and get your words around it and, and you know what? If John can say it like this, then so can we. He didn't wait till he understood it. Isn't that great? Okay, feeling super inspired, are you? It's so okay if we don't understand. It's so okay. It could be prophetic comfort. It could be 
just the bigness of God's kingdom, but we're okay, right? But there's one more speed bump, and this one is the worst. (laughs) And actually upsets me. (laughs) And its significance was concealed from them, so they couldn't perceive it. So here's the deal. Jesus said something they couldn't understand. Whammy. Also, they couldn't understand it. Double whammy. Like, he said it, and then they couldn't receive it. On top of that, God shut their minds down to understanding it. More? More layers? Why? Safeguards? Like, God really did not want them to know at this point. I don't like this. This makes me uncomfortable. I don't trust people who hide things from me. I don't like that feeling in a relationship when there's stuff being concealed. Do you know what I mean? It just... I don't like being in relationship with people like that. It upsets me that this is worded this way. Josh and I, in our marriage, we tell each other stuff that we don't want to tell each other for the sake of not hiding everything. We've told our kids we're not a hiding family. We're going to tell everything to each other. There's safety in that, isn't there? And I thought that we were God's kids. I thought that he wanted to reveal himself to us. I thought we were in this love relationship and he's concealing stuff from us. Anyone else? Does this this stir your heart a little bit? Like I'm, I'm frustrated by this. I prayed about it. And a childhood memory came to mind. I wish you could all have a childhood birthday with my mum as your mum. It's the best. So you wake up and your eyes open and first of all, you remember it's your birthday. You know how that felt when you woke up and you're like, it's my birthday. I'd forgotten while I was asleep, but I'm awake now. And I'm, so you'd, you'd go in and it's like she's asleep. Okay, so mum and dad are in their bed and it's like she's asleep. And so you go over, you say, mum, it's my birthday. And then she says, is it? Is it your birthday? She doesn't even open her eyes. Take your right hand, slide it under my pillow. Okay. And you slide it under, guess what? A little present, all wrapped up, just for you. It's so exciting. So you open it. I remember vividly the year I got my ears pierced because it was a packet of like a million plastic earrings, like all the colors. You remember that, girls? It's like, oh, this is the best. It's like candy for your ears. It was the best. And so I'm like, oh, thanks, Mum. And then she's like, okay, take five steps to the end of the bed. Because, you guys, it's not over. This is the great thing about birthdays with my mum. It's not over. So you walk five steps. She could be sending you anywhere. This is thrilling, right? And then she'll say, take a left. And you go into the closet and find Daddy's black coat. Okay so exciting in the left pocket another gift oh man this goes on for quite a while don't you want to have a childhood birthday with my mom she's the best and and I'm sitting there wrestling with why God would conceal stuff from me and I remember the delight of my mom who concealed stuff from me because she could have wrapped those gifts and put them on my bedside table couldn't she I could have woken up it's my birthday gifts yay open them right 
But what my mum does is relationship. The gifts are an avenue for relationship. She used them to build love in our lives. And suddenly I feel better about God concealing stuff. Because isn't it true? He's all about relationship. Isn't he? Everything is about love. Everything. When you have a relationship of trust with somebody, you don't need the details. When I have a computer issue, I call Josh. You know why? He's magic. And I'll say, oh, this... Kurt also calls Josh because he's magic, don't you? Anyone else call Josh because he's magic? About, yeah, there's quite a few people that are like, I do call Josh because he's magic with the computers. So, um, and he'll just talk you through, click on this, do this, type this in, DOS prompt, blah, 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 whatever, right? Gibberish that I do not understand. But you know what? I don't need to understand because Josh is guiding me to a solution. We're cool. Just like God. If I know him and know his love and trust him, the big picture and the details seem less important, don't they? Paul is in jail. I love this. He says, um, you know, I'm called to be a preacher. This is why I'm suffering here in prison, but I'm not ashamed of it, for I know the one in whom I trust. Believe, adhere to, trust in, rely on. I know him. I know him. I'm in jail. No biggie. I know him. I know. The next passage, the next piece says, and I know that he is faithful to hold on to the things that I've given to him until the end. I know God is faithful. I know I'm in jail. I know it looks a little bad, but I know him. Everything else doesn't matter. I want this, don't you? I want this. How do we get to this place? <laughs> Honestly, I totally, I got to this point in writing the sermon and I was like, yes, God, I'm in. I love this, I'm so excited. And I did my run through with Kurt and I was like, I just, it's so great. And it, you know, it's like all warm fuzzies. God loves us, it's excellent. And then Friday happened. Friday was a really horrible day. <laughs> Uh, on Friday, our little petite child puked, I think it was 16 times in 12 hours. And it got to the point where she actually has burst capillaries around her face because she was just like, oh, and nothing was coming out. I mean, her body was, it needed a reset. Things were not okay. And I'm trying to hydrate her. I'm like putting all kinds of remedies. I'm like trying everything because this poor child, like her legs were buckling underneath her and she's like, it was like I was watching her waste away in front of my eyes. It was a horrible, horrible day. I did not understand. Where was God? <laughs> Hello God, I'm preaching on Sunday. I don't have time. <laughs> also, I have a newborn. So I'm like trying to keep the newborn who likes to be held at all times away from the puke germs because who knows you do not want a three-month-old with a stomach bug, right? Also, the middle child has a horrible cough and just wants to snuggle. And I'm like, one person. 
Literally one person, three children. So I actually had her, I'd say, it looks like you're going to puke again. You know, the color would leave her face. And she's like, no, no, no. You know, and so then I'd be like, run to the bathroom. Go, 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 go. Just run. And I'd stay out with the baby. I'd be like, good job, honey. From afar, like I didn't know what else to do. It was awful. So anyway, Josh left work and came home because I was in over my head. And, you know, after dinner time, she's still doing it. Not dinner time for her, clearly. Um, and I said, I'm, I'm going to call nurse helpline. I think I need to take her to children's. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. So I called the nurse helpline and she said, yeah, she needs hydration. Take her in for IV at least. Which I was like, oh no, a needle? That's not going to go well. Um, <laughs> anyway, I loaded her in the car. I drove her to children's. Literally, as we're like l lining up to sign in, there's the first sign that it's bad, right? I'm lining up to sign in. She's puking right there, just puking. It increased to every 10 minutes while we were waiting in line. Yeah, it was horrible. And I'm looking around the room and I'm thinking, some of these people are not emergencies. <laughs> they probably don't have insurance. Yeah, no comment. Because I'm an immigrant too, so we're all good. But it was frustrating to me because I'm like, I have a legit emergency here. Can the other ones wait? But no, they take them in order, unless it is like life and death. Anyway, two-hour wait is what we signed up for. So, yeah, yeah. So um, it's 7 o'clock. I text my praying girlfriends, and I'm like, pray for her to just be healed. I'm so done. It's been all day. I'm done. I'm just done. And my friend Donna texts back, I'm on my way. And I was like, no, 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 don't come. Like, we'd been there for an hour by that point. And I didn't know if, I didn't know if that was part of the two hours. <laughs> or I didn't know, like, I was like, don't come. She didn't live close. And she drove all the way in. She wouldn't take no for an answer. And then she came and sat with us and for four hours. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we did tests and x-rays and, all kinds of tests for this kid, and she's still puking. And, and Donna was with me. And later that night, I realized that I saw God in Donna. God is with us. In situations when we don't understand, God comes and is with us. Now, what I wanted was him to heal her. I would take a solution over relationship any day. Just gonna be honest, wouldn't you? If you hit something that you don't understand, sick kid has gotta be pretty high up on the not cool list, right? And I don't understand that. And God says, healing or time with me, I will choose healing in a heartbeat every time. Anyone else? Yeah. And I would like to think that God would want to heal my kid fast too, wouldn't you? Well, he's our healer, right? I mean, he's our miracle worker, right? And yet, in that moment, I saw 
in the misunderstand, in, in, the, in the moment of I don't understand, God dwells there. It's not like, oh my gosh, I don't understand what's going on. God, do you see what's going on? No, he's already there. He's in the unknowns. He's right there dwelling with us. I wrestle with this because I know he's good. And I know he heals. And I, I don't want to say these words. So I'm going to say them and then can I take them back? <laughs> I don't believe that he's cruel and that he would say, I'm not going to heal your daughter so you'll have time with me. I, I, I don't want to say that, right? Do you, you don't want to hear that either, right? It doesn't feel like that's his character. So clearly my human brain doesn't get it. <laughs> clearly I'm preaching from a place of, I don't know. Do any of us know? I don't know. I don't know why God allows pain. I don't know that stuff. I don't have answers for that. But here's what I do know. I know the one in whom, whom I trust. I know him. And if he's going to come and sit with me for four hours while I hold my kid's hair while she pukes into a bucket, that's okay. I'm okay with that. I know him. I trust him. If this is his plan, I don't have to understand the details or the big picture. You know? I remember as a kid, anytime I'd be like, I don't understand that. My mom would say, well, we can ask him that when we get to heaven. <laughs> I have a long list of those. Anyone else? Because we just don't understand a lot. But when you know him, the details seem less important. And here's what I wonder. What if when we hit those unknowns, instead of putting it on the shelf, walking away, being afraid to ask, what if we saw it was an invitation to dwell with God? What if those unknowns were God saying, I'm inviting you to sit with me. Let's hang out here in this unknown. This is how we can have simple obedience because the details and the big picture and the assurance and all of that stuff just isn't as important when you're doing it with him. Hand in hand, then the details don't matter. Like my mom leading me to gifts or like Josh leading me to a solution on the computer. <laughs> I know the one in whom I trust. I'm actually, <laughs> this will sound awful. I'm glad my kid was sick on Friday. I didn't understand this. I didn't understand, I thought I understood. Prophetic comfort, yeah, that's a good one. And the bigness of God's kingdom, yeah, that's a good one. Good, good. Problem solved, I get it now. Good, good. And I didn't get it, clearly. And God allowed my kid to be sick. And he showed me his love in the midst of it. Not in the solution of it. Do you have anything in your life that you don't understand right now? I wonder what it would look like if you embraced it. Like I wonder what it would look like if you sat down in it. <laughs> you know? Instead of 
putting it out of your mind. I do want to say, uh, God can never be summed up in one half-hour sermon. <laughs> or an hour sermon, let's be honest. Because that's how I roll. Um, because this is a lot. There's a lot in here about God, right? So I'm not saying that God does this every time. Do you hear me? I just think sometimes we don't understand what he's doing, and sometimes he wants us to go with him there. Is that okay? Can we hold on to that for what it's worth (laughs) and not make it our sole doctrine? (laughs) God's doing something in your life. He wants time with you. He loves you. He loves the sound of your voice. He loves the beat of your heart. He just loves you. And in that place of not understanding, you will know him. Not details, not solutions, not big picture. Him. Ah, Isn't that what we need? It's what we need. It's what the world needs. You know, last week Kurt talked about not having preconceived notions, not having prepared speeches when we go to minister to people. It's risky because you're like, well, I don't know what I'm going to (laughs) say. When I see that person next, that's good because what you have to say is really not great, honestly. And what they need is God. That's all. He's everything. That's what they need, right? So when we step into these unknowns, whether it be God says to you at work, go and pray for that person. And you're like, (laughs) I'll get fired. (laughs) Or whatever, right? Lots of unknowns with that one. What if you went with him? Or God gives you a prophetic word for someone and you're like, that is nonsense. And I am not going to say that out of my mouth. That's stupid. But it means something to them. And if you don't speak it, they don't get to touch the heart of God. They don't get to experience his goodness. This is important for us. We're part of a prophetic kingdom and we don't get it. And God wants you to be in the unknowns with him. How do you feel about that? Is that okay? So, um, the band's going to come up, we're going to sing, and, um, and take communion together with him. His broken bones, his blood flowing for us, talk about unknown, <laughs> and there's power in the relationship that we have with him when we go there. So, in your time, would you take communion? It's in the seat in front of you. There's two little cups, the bread and the juice. And the band's going to play and sing. And will you just be with God? Is that cool? Thanks, Greg. (laughs) God loves you so much and just wants time with you right now.